You're listening to the Three Stations Podcast with your host, Joshua Abdul-Haq, featuring Sheikh Mohammed Abdullahi. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. This is Joshua Abdul-Haq, and I am back with Sheikh Mohammed Abdullahi. Um, today, we're going to have an episode that goes all into the nafs. What is the nafs? What is purification of the nafs? And we'll learn more about how Allah describes that in the Quran. Uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Sheikh Abdullahi, how are you? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. We're doing fine today. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Thank you. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for coming back, Sheikh. As always, we value your insight on this show. Um, and as you know, this show is all about understanding the three stations of the deen in relation to the modern context in which we live. A lot of Muslims myself included, were very disconnected from the three stations of the deen. We had a very one-dimensional view of Islam. And so today, we'd like to grow a three-dimensional understanding of this thing called the nafs. The path, walking on this path sometimes is hectic, uphill, trials should be expected, turn back, turn back the hands of time, mind over matter, meditate to still the mind, delusion clouds perception, question. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم ملك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا السراط المستقيم سراط الذين أنمت عليهم غير مغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد الفاتح لما أغلق والخاتب لما سبق الناصر الحقي بالحقي والحادي إلى سراتك المستقيم وعلى آله حق قدره ومقداره العظيم ورضي الله تعالى عن أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أجمعين ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم آمين أما بعد نعم May Allah accept our du'a after seeking refuge in Allah from the accursed shaitan and beginning with the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the merciful, and sending abundant peace and blessing and salutation upon our master Sayyidina Muhammad uh, the opener of what was closed and the seal of what came before, the helper of the truth with the truth and the guide to Allah's straight path uh, after having sent a, t- a salutation to our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, uh, we want to thank you, Sidi uh, Joshua Abdul Haq, for uh, welcoming us back to the uh, the podcast and uh, bringing up such a wonderful uh, topic. Again, continuation from last week. Alhamdulillah, the discussion of the nafs. Alhamdulillah. Yes, Sheikh. So to kind of kick off the the discussion, I'd like to give a little background about. Um, what I knew about the nafs before studying with you and uh, can compare that to what I know now. So 
embarrassingly enough, I knew very, very little next to nothing about the Nuffs actually before beginning my studies with you. In fact, most of what I know about, knew about it came from what I learned in psychology class in college. Um, and of course, we didn't we weren't using terms like nafs and we weren't connecting it to spirituality or Islam in any way. We were talking about it in terms of activities of the brain, activities of personality development uh, and things of that nature. And the next introduction I ever got was the term ego, um, which would come up in discussions of philosophy or in new age, modern uh, spirituality and books. Um, but at still at no point was I really connecting to it um, in terms of Islam or in terms of the Quran. Uh, and part of that was my lack of knowledge of Arabic. But in the translations that we would come across, uh, it, it never dawned on me that we could be talking about this thing called the ego or anything like that. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, could you please just kind of introduce this term nafs and connect it to terms we might be familiar with? Uh, okay, yes. So we will uh, understand the idea of nafs, the word nafs, uh, primarily from the text of the Quran, because that is the language that the Quran uses in describing this particular aspect of our uh, humanity, I would say. Mm -hmm. So we find, for example, in the Holy Quran, Allah says in Surah Al-Fatir, uh, around the 18th verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the book, uh, وَمَنْ تَزَكَّى فَإِنَّمَا تَزَكَّى لِنَفْسِهِ وَإِلَيْهِ الْمَصِيرِ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ الْمَصِيرِ Naam. So Allah says, وَمَنْ تَزَكَّى Whoever purifies it, فَإِنَّمَا يَتَزَكَّى لِنَفْسِهِ They have purified it for their own sake. And to Allah is the final return. We find so many of these uh, type of verses that described Allah's mentioning of the soul, like for example, one nafsin wa ma sawaha. Allah takes an oath by the soul, by the nafs, and its proportions. Okay, so this word nafs, uh, we want to maybe help some people to understand it in light of what we know underneath our modern uh, paradigm. As you mentioned, psychological terms, we will describe it. Uh, and we can just start by saying the word nafs is an Arabic word. But this word you could find from the Sanskrit being referred to as Atman. You could see it in the Greek as Psyche. You could see it in the Hebrew as Nefesh. Or you could see it in the Arabic as Nafs. And all of those words, we would say in English, words such as ego, words such as self, words such as soul, words such as I. For example, the term psychology itself means the study of the self. That's what psychology means. It is the study of the self and by self or ego or soul what Allah is describing in the language of scripture or the language of the Holy Quran is 
we are describing essentially that part of us, that part of our creation that makes us us, that part of us that makes us unique from others, that part of us that gives us our sense of identity, okay? So uh, without going into more detail right now, I would just l let that stay there as the foundation for our understanding that nafs or soul or ego or psyche is that part of man, that part of the human being that we can say is what we identify as ourself. Mm -hmm. Now, well, and, and I should go on maybe just to make a distinction between a very commonly uh, misunderstood uh, notion in the West, and that is the confusion between the spirit and the soul. Yes, yes. There's, there's a big confusion about that, Sheikh. And oftentimes what I'll notice is when people um, offer translations of Hadith or even verses of Quran, uh, particularly they'll use the Arabic term ruh, but they'll translate it as soul. Um, and so I did. I really did want to ask you about this. Are, are ruh and nafs the same thing? And, you know, and are soul and spirit the same thing? Okay, that is too a, a great question because it is, as we said, something that is very commonly misunderstood in the West because of the nature of Western psychology. It uh, is basically devoid of any real spiritual understanding or spiritual consciousness. So we want to take it again, as we said, from the scriptural uh, revelatory perspective. That is, what does uh, the Creator say about these things? And so we find in Scripture that there is definitely a difference between the words ruh and nafs. Well, we will, we've already defined nafs. Well, if we would understand ruh, we would look at it from the perspective, first linguistically, as I did with the word nafs. Uh, linguistically, we, could, we would understand that the word uh, ruh, or what we would call in English spirit, comes from the Latin spiritus, or from the Greek pneuma, or from the Hebrew ruach, and from again the Arabic ruh. And this is what we call in English spirit. So we do hear a difference even in the, lang the language that we speak between these realities. So that there's a word to describe one reality called spirit, and there's another word to describe another reality called soul. Now, unfortunately, in the West, those realities have become greatly confused until the spirit has become confused as the soul and the soul has become confused as the spirit. Mm -hmm. But we want to just say uh, quickly that the spirit basically is the difference between a living body and a dead body, mm -hmm. okay? The spirit is the animating force. The spirit is the activating force in our creation that gives us animation, life itself. So you want to understand that the spirit and the soul are different and distinct in their uh, realities. It's just over the passage of time and with the confusion of reality that the spirit and the soul have become confused in our day and time. But there is a difference between the two. 
and we want uh, to maybe go on with maybe your questions to help understand that difference. Okay, yes. So thank, thank you for that, Sheikh. Now, when we talk about the nafs as the soul, the self, um, I, or the ego, uh, can you help me understand why I myself need purification? Uh, you know, if, if I think about my, mm, if I think about my ego, my personality, myself, you know, I like to think that I'm a pretty nice guy. <laughs> so what is the purification aspect that comes in, in play when we talk about the self? Okay, yes, great question. The purification of the soul, as indicated in the verse I just mentioned, Yani Waman Tazaka Fa This is the verse that we mentioned that can establish why we would need to purify our soul. And that is because Allah the Creator describes its purification. So that the fact that the Creator describes its purification this implies that the soul or the nafs is in need of such purification. So let no one be deceived. The soul, no matter how we deem ourself good, the creator has deemed the soul in need of purification. Mm-hmm. So Shay, could you tell us maybe uh, what are some differences between the purified soul and the soul that has not undergone purification? Well, let's first speak about what are the things that the soul needs to be purified of before mm-hmm. we describe the difference between those who have been purified and those who have not. Because maybe if we understand the diseases or the filth of the soul, mm-hmm. we can get the answer to that other question. Yeah, that makes sense. So then you want to understand, again, the language of revelation. So now... The language of the Quran, Allah describes in Surah uh, Yusuf, that is in the uh, 12th chapter of the Holy Quran, uh, the story of the Prophet Joseph or Yusuf, uh, peace be upon him, alayhi salam. Alayhi salam. And for those who are familiar with his story, uh, you know exactly where I'm going, but for those of you who may not be familiar with the story of Joseph or Yusuf, as told in the Holy Quran or in the Scripture Bible itself, uh, you will find in the Holy Quran the narration that uh, the Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam found himself in a situation where he was being seduced by another man's wife. <laughs> yes. And the Quran says this out of the mouth of Prophet Yusuf, describing again the soul, the nafs. So he makes the statement in the 12th surah of the Holy Quran, around the 53rd verse, where he says, "A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim, wa ma ubari'u nafsi inna nafsa la amaratum bisu'i illa ma rahima rabbi inna rabbi ghafurun rahim." So he says, I am not going to absolve my nafs. I am not going to absolve my nafs or my soul or my ego in this situation. He said, surely the nafs, surely the soul, that surely the 
base self, what we would call in the language of psychology, Sufi psychology, or Islamic psychology, spiritual psychology, we would say that the base self or the self that is impelling, it is a imperious, it is a soul or a psyche that is carnal, that is egotistical. These are words that we describe this particular state of the soul or state of the psyche that is in need of purification. So it says it is surely compelling or commanding towards evil, towards bad, towards wrong. So if we understand that this base self, this imperious, carnal, egotistical self has an inclination towards bad, and we would just help to define what we mean by bad by describing again, as we did last week, just a few of the diseases that are in the base self, that are in the imperious or impelling self. And we mentioned things like kibber, arrogance. We mentioned things like hasad, envy, jealousy. We mentioned things like yani hirs, being covetous. We mentioned things like kathab, uh, lying. We mentioned things like uh, Reba or Namima, backbiting and slander. Yani Riyah, we mentioned showing off. We mentioned Ujib, conceit. We could mention uh, things like Surka, stealing, taking things that don't belong to one. Uh, yani Fisk, being corrupt, being wicked, uh, being transgressive, yani being stingy. Having these types of attitudes or lustful, yani shahwa, we could go on and on describing the types of diseases that afflict the base self. Um, things like hubbud dunya, hubbud ma, hubbud riyasa, love of money, love of leadership, love of this world. Um, you could mention things like zina, fornication and adultery. We could mention things like ghadab, being enraged having things like hikt, yani malice. We could mention on and on the various blameworthy characteristics that all of us are aware of on some level or another. We're all aware of what these words mean in that these are blameworthy characteristics that afflict the human soul. And so when we understand that these are the types of diseases that afflict the soul in its base self, in its... Uh, to use the language of the Quran again, surely the base self is impelling towards evil. Yeah, now. So, Sheikh, this base self, um, when I think about, particularly before I knew of its uh, existence, at least um, linguistically and as a, as a concept in the Quran, um, this base self, is it possible to uh incite it like I'm, I'm thinking about phrases that i hear like sex sells right so in the advertising world they you know like they, they say sex sells if we can put a model there if we can uh if we can incite people to to lustful things then um that'll encourage them to buy uh so in in the context that we live in now 
are people capitalizing off of this? And is this something that is making the the soul that commands to evil worse? Or is it is this has this always been the same throughout the human condition and history? Well, we can say that this has been the story as told in the scripture from the time of the one called Adam and Eve or Hawa for sure, because we find in that narrative of Adam and Eve or Adam and Hawa where Allah, God gave them a command which they transgressed, Mm -hmm. disobeyed. Well, then since that time until our time, we do see that the human condition has been a unbroken testament that there is something in the nature of human beings that compels them to transgress, to violate the command of God. This is not up for debate. This is not up for discussion. I don't care again how good you think you are. None of us are going to claim I don't think without being absolutely mad that we are perfect or without shortcoming or without relation to the many diseases that I mentioned a few minutes ago. So then this has been a condition from at least the time of the one we call Adam and Eve. And from that time until ours, there has been the need of purification of the soul purification of the ego and to answer your question specifically is there a concerted effort to as you put it incite this egotistical base self absolutely yes and that again wouldn't take much to prove it it would just take someone to look around the society and we could see with the type of uh, illicit uh, marketing Mm -hmm. illicit programming on television movies radio, we could all agree that there definitely seems to be a uh, all-out, we would say, war or all-out effort, we could say, if we don't like the word war, we would just say there seems to be an all-out effort to incite this base self of human beings, and that's easy to see. Um, So are there, I'm I'm thinking about physical signs of these um, diseases of the nafs, of the soul. Uh, So I'm thinking about like uh, in America, a lot of people are struggling with um, obesity. As an example, there's like a McDonald's or fast food restaurant on every corner. Uh, Sprite's uh, motto is obey your thirst. Um, Are these are these things that we're seeing a lot of um, obesity, uh, depression, a lot of, um, you know, I, I, I grew up in the Jerry Springer era. So I remember as a kid, stuff with a lot coming home and watching Jerry Springer talking about people having affairs and everybody's getting hyped. Jerry, Jerry. So are, could you, I guess, draw the relationship between a lot of the ills that we see physically, um, STD rates, things, and, and this incitement of this lower self? Yes. Well, because as you mentioned, we have the uh, uh, models or slogans of several major corporations indicating this particular predominating attitude. Nike, just do it. Uh, As you mentioned, Sprite. Um, We could look at the 
symbol of the company or corporation that we that we all know of apple and what is it except the bidden apple so that we understand they are making a reference directly to the garden of eden and the offer of lucifer to bite the fruit that was forbidden them so we understand that the the major corporations around us whether we want to admit it or not they seem to have a clear understanding of what they are attempting to do. So we mentioned Jerry Springer. Yes, why would a TV show have such a long run just showing human beings caught up in the worst scenarios possible? Scenarios where you find greed, conceit, jealousy, adultery, fornication, you know, ignorance, lust, useless activities. I mean, you know, bad manners and making fun of those in those particular situations. This is just a description of a society or social engineers that are well aware, at least it seems to me, of the debilitating effect this type of programming would have on a society. And then we have to maybe ask, you know, what would they gain out of a society with people being driven by these type of egotistical drives? Mm -hmm. Then, you know, we would have to understand when you are looking at a society that has chosen, for whatever reason we want to give it, they have chosen to place the ego above the spirit mm. to place an unbridled ego at that mm -hmm. so therefore we see with the popular culture just do uh, what thou will shall be the whole of the law as was stated infamously by Alistair Crowley mm -hmm. uh, who many of our government officials uh, politicians entertainers actors uh, singers, other artists, rappers, they look up to this uh, particular uh, philosophy. So you have to ask yourself then, does this have anything to do with the proliferation of, uh, you know, all of what I mentioned in terms of the diseases in the soul being given free license in pop culture, in movies, in music, in music videos, in uh, award ceremonies, does this have anything to do with why we see uh, what we see in the society in terms of the ills of a society? I would say yes. Mm -hmm. And, and Shay, even in uh, even in the halls of uh, academia, I can I can remember learning about John Locke and th this idea that um, it's okay to transgress um, revel revelatory law. Um, as long as you're not uh, harming someone else. So if I wanted to drink, if I wanted to uh, do any activity that Revelation um, forbids, as long as I'm not harming someone else, and you know what's the definition of harming someone? But even in, even in these academic circles, is given license uh, with an intellectual argument that people. I mean, I remember learning this in uh, even in high school in U.S. history. Uh, so this so this does seem to be a, a huge issue. And now it makes a lot more sense why Allah is commanding us to purify, um, purify our nafs, purify our soul. Um, it seems, you know, very apparent with what's going on now. So if if I want to purify my soul, how do I go about doing that? 
Is that something I can just take on myself? Okay. So the purification of the soul or the treatment of the inward or the spiritual diseases uh, that we find within our uh, soul, can we do it ourselves? Well, I think last week we mentioned why people need a shake and why they need a guide. We mentioned last week we would not treat ourselves physically of any disease. Uh, most of us would not, I don't think. Most of us would entrust our physical treatment to those who are trained to do physical treatment. Uh, I don't think, as we mentioned last week, we would go read books on our own and then call ourselves treating ourselves uh, of, you know, different diseases. So the same principle applies spiritually. Um, the average one of us is in no position to treat yourself or treat ourself. Uh, in the same way that the average one of us is not in a position to treat our physical ailments, we're not in the position to treat our spiritual ailments any better. So as we mentioned last week, then from the language of Quran, language of scripture, we find that the creator is commanding us towards following the path of those who have turned to him. We find in the Quran the language, uh, again, follow the path of one who has turned to me. We find in the Quran, Oh, you who have faith, uh, be conscious of Allah and then seek the means of approach to him. So we find in the language of Quran, Ya ayyuhallazina atiyo rasu wa atiyo Allah wa atiyo rasu wa atiyo ulu amri minkum. Ulu amri minkum. All you who believe, obey Allah, obey the messenger of Allah, and obey those in authority among you. Well, among the people in authority among us are those doctors of the soul, those spiritual uh guides uh, and physicians who are placed in this ummah and in humanity to help the human family to become purified of these particular diseases. Now, Sheikh, one of those verses that you just cited, uh, it was, uh, you know, be conscious of be conscious of Allah and seek the means of approach to him. And so that made me think, so what is the relationship with uh between allah and the one who is in in existing in their base self can you have a fruitful and good relationship with your creator um when you're still in your base self yes if you could kind of go into that because i'm i'm thinking about me myself before anybody else but you know i have some of those attributes and um spiritual diseases that you mentioned um, I haven't completely rid myself of those. So can you just talk about if Allah is commanding us to purify ourselves, what's the relationship like between the one who is not purifying themselves and their creator? Okay, so we can find uh, the answer to that in the Holy Quran. So Allah says in the Holy Quran, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَاهَا So this is the clearest answer to understand what is the relationship that Allah has with the unpurified soul? So Allah says again, called aflaha man zakaha. So the one who purifies the soul is indeed successful. Wa man dasaha. 
and the one who does not purify it is in fact ruined. So this is the relationship between the unpurified soul. It is ruined. This is the state of the soul that does not purify itself of the many diseases that we mentioned earlier. Right? And it only makes sense. Right? If we are not cured of terminal disease, terminal disease will kill us. Right. Well, you know, Sheikh, I asked that because a lot of the common refrain you'll hear from people who engage in activities that they know are wrong but still do uh, only God can judge me or God knows what's in my heart or I, I do good things, though, even though I engage in this. And so, you know, it, it, it sounds to me that um, those are phrases we use to fool ourselves or to lie to ourselves so that we don't have to confront our base self. Um, but it, they're so common now that I think people actually subconsciously want to believe them so that they don't have to own up to and take responsibility for their base self. Yes, these are the statements of the base self itself. These are the statements made out of the consciousness of the base self. The base self does not see itself as base. Mm, that's, yeah, that's interesting, Sheikh. So then we would expect that the base self would say things like, you know, I'm not that bad. I'm a liar, but I don't lie that much. Mm -hmm. I am. I show off, but I don't show off that much. Mm. I'm conceited, but I'm not that conceited. Mm. I'm stingy, but I'm not that stingy. It it only makes sense that these would be the statements of the base self. This would be the the consciousness of the base self. You know, don't blame me. Uh, you know, because you know only God can judge me, and that is true. Only God can judge me. Any one of us. And his judgment is revealed in the scripture that he revealed. So he has declared all of these diseases things that ruin the soul. Mm. So there is no excusing these things that ruin the soul. There ought to be for you and I the striving to reach a self beyond the base self. So maybe that would bring in the question, is there a self beyond the base self? Well, Sheikh, is there a self beyond the base self? <laughs> I, I do think that is a, that is a great question. Um, so if one starts to undergo some purification, uh, what is the self or the, the nafs that they could expect beyond the, um, the soul that commands to evil? Okay, so again, we'll go to the language of the scripture, the Holy Quran. Now we find in the Quran that yes, there is other states of the soul that exist. We've only described the base self that all of us start this journey called life with. But the Quran mentions another soul, nafsin lawama. So we find in the language of the Quran that there is another type of nafs or another type of soul, and that is the soul that is self-accusatory. It is a higher stage of the soul mm -hmm. and it is in this stage of the soul that we find ourselves agreeing that those qualities that are blameworthy are in fact blameworthy mm -hmm. we don't excuse them away we don't minimize them at this state of the soul called the self-accusatory soul 
we actually do see being stingy as a problem. We do see being conceited as a problem. We do see being arrogant as a disease. So at this state of the soul, you find yourself blaming yourself for these blameworthy characteristics that you and I may uh, imbibe or uh, demonstrate. So when you, for example, demonstrate arrogance, Mm -hmm. when you reach this state of the soul, you tend to feel remorse. Mm -hmm. You tend to feel guilt. And you tend to recognize your wrong. Mm -hmm. So this is a uh, higher state of the self or state of the soul that all of us should be striving for and that all of us will come into contact with if we succeed in purifying or elevating our soul beyond the base soul. And then we find in the language of the Quran and scripture that there is even yet higher states of the soul uh, as indicated in verses like the one I will mention now, and that is in the Holy Quran, Allah addresses a particular state of the soul that is high, higher than the base soul, and also higher than the soul uh, uh, that is lawama or that is self-accusatory. And by the way, that self-accusatory soul that I mentioned, you can find the reference in Surah Al-Qiyamah in the second verse where Allah says, وَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِالنَّفْسِ lawama." So again, he is taking an oath. The Creator is taking a swear, an oath, by this particular self-accusatory soul. So he declares that there is a state of the soul that is lawama, or that is self-accusatory, self-blaming. Well, we find in another verse, he addresses a yet higher state of the soul, and that is a soul that is named in the Quran, nafs al-mutma'inna. This is what we find mentioned in the Quran about that soul. Allah says, So Allah says, O you soul at rest. So we find in this description that there is a, there is a state of the soul higher than the base self, higher than the self-accusatory self, that is actually at rest. And when he addresses that soul at rest, he says, Return to your Lord. Return to your Lord. And then we find even reference to yet higher states of the soul in this same verse where he says, So now we find that there is a soul that is radiya, that is a soul that is well-pleasing to God, well-pleasing to the Creator. And then there is a soul, mardiya. There is a soul that is itself well-pleased with God, well-pleased by God. So then we find in this reference of language of the Quran that there are higher states of the soul. Yes.
So that verse, that's um, interesting because, you know, that verse appears a lot in uh, programs for uh, um, at Janazas for people who have passed on. So th- that state of the soul is actually something that you could achieve while living. It's not just for re- in reference when people have passed on. Well, we hope that it is achieved while living, because if it is not achieved while living and we, let's not be confused, though you said it is used at funerals. Let us not get it twisted. Everyone who dies is not at rest. Mm. So let's not be confused. Mm. Don't believe that everyone who passes away is at rest. This is not what the Holy Quran declares. So if we have a notion that says everyone who passes away is at rest, we have to ask the question, who gave us that notion? Mm-hmm. Where do we get this idea from? Mm-hmm. Because certainly every soul that passes is not at rest. So we hope to achieve rest while we are living because there is no guarantee that you will achieve rest in death. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Sheikh, because, you know, that's a very common uh, thing I see on social media a lot. Uh, and I've been guilty of it myself. Anytime somebody famous dies, uh, they always, you know, RIP, even if this person was, um, had, you know, disastrous foreign policy that resulted in the deaths of many people or, you know, even if even if they had lots of open uh, issues, you know, people say, well, you should have respect for the dead and, you know, just say RIP, rest in peace. Um, or, you know, now some people say rest in power. Uh, but it's, inter- it's interesting to see that um, that that practice could be at odds with um, what the Quran says about that subject. And that's something that I don't I don't think I really thought about that, uh, very carefully until you just mentioned that point. Yes. Most of us uh, or many of us, I would say have ideas that have been furnished to us, not from the creator, Mm. not from revelation, not from scripture, not from prophetic guidance, but many of us have ideas that have been furnished to us by the very people who I alluded to a few minutes ago, who have been the social engineers of just do it. Mm -hmm. Well, can we say rest in peace? To those who lived to sow chaos? Mm. Can we say rest and peace to warmongers? Mm. Can we say rest and peace to criminals? Can we say rest and peace to rapists? Mm. Can we say rest and peace to murderers? I think not. We should only offer that prayer to those who have worked and labored to make life better. Mm-hmm. more peaceful, mm. more just, more fair, more equal. Those are those who we could ask the creator to allow them to rest in peace. But we wouldn't send that prayer for those who have lived all of their life to see that none of us have peace. We would not like to pray them peace, no. But we do respect everyone who passes because everyone who passes will return to the Lord who created it, as we mentioned in the verse that we started this talk with. Surely to Allah is our return. And all of us, as a soul created by God, are going to have to return to God and give an answer for what we did in this life. And those who spent their entire life promoting illicit behavior Mm -hmm. those who lived their entire life and made millions and billions of dollars 
promoting filth, well, we know that they too will have to answer to the creator because they will return to that same creator that has declared we will all return to him. And he has even told us what will be the condition of such criminals when they return. There is no rest for the wicked, no. We only see rest for those who have returned to Allah with a pure heart. For those who have returned to Allah having done his will. Those who have returned to Allah believing in him, affirming his oneness, believing in his prophets and messengers, believing in the scriptures that he revealed. These are those we would say rest in peace. But to those who deny Allah, to those who reject his messengers and prophets, and those who belie the scriptures that they revealed. No, we don't say rest in peace to those. We say what the creator says, that he will gather them all together, guilty criminals, and he have prepared a severe punishment for them. So for those criminals, that is what we would say. We would not allow ourselves to pick up slogans from social engineers, but we would allow ourselves to say what the creator has taught us to say. Those who pass away in righteousness, we pray Allah be well pleased with them. But those who pass away having transgressed his laws, having denied his existence, having belied his prophets and messengers, no, we don't say rest in peace to them. We say, you are going to return to your creator and he would dispense justice to you for what your hands have earned. Mm. Sheikh, that's a very uh, powerful message. So I guess it, it just leaves me with one last question. Um, I think a lot of our listeners may not have, um, currently have access to a Sheikh and they'll probably um, have to go through a process of finding one. In the meantime, if they're interested in purification of their self and they want to move up to these different levels that Allah has mentioned in the Quran, is there any general advice that you could give to them about um, doing that while they look for a spiritual doctor to help them along the rest of that process? Well, my advice to uh, everyone is the advice that I give to myself which is the advice that the creator has given to us all. And that is to take up the path according to one's understanding mm -hmm. of purifying the base self, purifying the soul, purifying the ego, purifying our self of what is universally understood to be bad. Because as we mentioned, the creator, when he swore by the soul, he said, So that all of us know, he said, by the soul and its proportions and by its being inspired to what corrupts it and to what purifies it. So all of us have a, working sense of what is good and what is bad what is praiseworthy in the soul and what is blameworthy in the soul 
Well, my advice would be to all of us, get busy on that journey of purifying your and my soul according to your own level of understanding based upon the knowledge that all of us have been inspired with concerning that which is corrupting us and that which would save us. So brothers and sisters, I would like to encourage myself and all of you to become critical of yourself and be earnest in your self-criticism. Be earnest in your self-review uh, by taking oneself to account before we are all brought to account in death. That would be my advice. Uh, for those who do not have a sheikh, my advice would be for you to seek whatever means of approach to your Lord you can seek and find that would help you to become better, to become purified in a way that you yourself can understand that purification to mean. So that would be my advice. And ask the Creator with your sincerity of heart to guide you to someone who could be for you a spiritual guide, a spiritual mentor, a spiritual doctor, a spiritual physician who could assist you in the awesome responsibility that is before all of us to purify our soul. May Allah help myself and all of you who are listening to achieve this goal because Ameen. that would make all of us successful. So may Allah help us to all be successful. Amen. Thank you for this uh, wonderful interview, for the time uh, with these nice questions. We pray Allah that there's benefit given to the listeners. Amen. Uh, may Allah reward you, Sidi Joshua. Amen. Uh, and uh, reward the listeners for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to what we have to say. Amen. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم وسائر المسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لا في خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد الفاتح لما أغلق والخاتب لما سبق الناس الحق بالحق والهادي إلى سرادك المستقيم وعلى آله حق قدره ومقداره العظيم آمين سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك ونشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت ونستغفرك ونتوب إليك يا أرحم الراحمين إنك أفو كريم وتحب الأفو فاعفو عنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته عليكم السلام ورحمة الله This podcast is created by Joshua Abdul Haq, produced by Ikhlas Salim, and music by On Beats. To find out more about these topics, please visit Sheikh Abdullahi's blog, MohammedAbdullahi.blogspot.com. And don't forget to leave your boy a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts. You stay up, I'll stay down, and I'll see you on the next episode. Assalamu alaikum.